it's, uh, it's Christmas time. I know you're going to say, no, it's not. Christmas already came, but uh, uh, some of you guys have already packed up your Christmas trees and you've put your decorations away and all that kind of stuff. But there are 12 days of Christmas according to the church calendar. So today, seven swans are swimming. I trust all of you guys have stored all of those many, many birds in a well-ventilated area. I know they keep coming, hang in there. Um, I, I like the historic church calendar, I like the way that it's set up. Uh, we, yeah, I know we don't like fully follow it, but you know, we have the season of Advent when you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and we're talking about waiting and leaning into what's going to come. And then you have Christmas, and then, you know, if you just do like the culture, the Christmas is 20, well, and then it's done. Well, time to pack it all away. Well, the church calendar, it's 12 days. Like, you're supposed to savor it. You're supposed to keep celebrating. It's sort of like, like Easter, you know. We, a lot of people celebrate uh, uh, Lent, where they, 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 you know, taking 40 days and fasting and, and waiting and, and, and fasting a, a something, right? And sort of identifying with the suffering of Jesus. And, and then you have Easter, and then, well, it's done. We, we had ham. We sang a hymn, there we go. And it, no, like in the church calendar, Easter tide is a season, right? It's like seven weeks long up to Pentecost, You're supposed to keep celebrating. And there's something that, that, that I have been sort of leaning into the last few years who just like, man, I feel like we need more of this to be able to savor the goodness that's there. Um, because here's, here's the thing, when, when you get in these kinds of seasons, like take the one that we're in, this holiday season, uh, it's just like, we end up flying by the seat of our pants as families, as individuals, right? You're reacting to the next thing, the next thing, and you've got, there's so much, right? There's events, there's so many gatherings, there's so many gifts, there's so many receipts, there's so much baking, there's so much decorating and cleaning, and, and it leaves very little time for reflection. I think this is our entire culture right now, actually. We are a reactive culture, not a reflective culture. Our lives, the way they are constructed in this culture that we live, we have very little space to reflect. Our pace of life, the way we interact with the world, leaves almost no space for it. For instance, have you ever noticed how quickly last week's news disappears on social media? Or even yesterday's news disappears? Have you ever noticed this? You know why it disappears? Because new stuff happened. <laughs> if, if stuff would stop happening, then maybe we'd have a little bit more space. But people just keep doing stuff. Like, they do stuff, they say stuff, they say dumb stuff, they do dumb stuff, and we react, right? Like, you know, okay, and then we're like, well, uh, okay, I have, to, I have to react to this. I have to get excited or get upset or maybe even jump online and say, okay, world, I hereby, being of sound mind and body, declare this thing bad. You know? <laughs> and we feel bad. Oh boy, I, that was really good. But we can't savor it because guess what? Something new has happened now. Now, how do we react to that? Did you see that video that we're supposed to be angry at? Oh, no, I better, I better do that so I can react to that. We're constantly behind the times. You see what I'm saying? There's no way to live. <sighs> type of rhythm teaches our souls to get stuck in this constant mode of reactivity. 
it's just, even if you're not on those things, this is the, this is the water that we're swimming in. And it goes beyond, it goes beyond social media, it goes beyond cable news, it goes beyond those things. It, it, it's already happening in our fast-paced world. Every new development that happens, there's so much pressure, it starts to feel like that's the only thing going on in our lives. That's why when Christmas time comes, nobody ever wants to put anything on their calendar because they know this is the thing happening, you know, it's like, ugh. It feels like the only thing. We get... We get smothered by our current experiences. I had a very vivid experience of this two weeks ago. Uh, it happened when I, when I shared the video of my son. Now, most of you guys were in here three weeks ago when I, I shared this video. If you're, if you're visiting, we're not going to show it again. <laughs> um, you can just hop on the news feed of somebody next to you because there's like tons of you guys shared this when we released it for social media, which thank you. That was wonderful. Um, we shared it just in a nutshell. My son is, is 17, he's autistic, and he's a non-speaker. And this past year, we've had this extraordinary breakthrough. We realized that he actually is not only smart, he's actually like very, very smart. And he has very deep thoughts and very deep compassion. And he's learned to spell one letter at a time on a letter board. It's been extraordinary. So we shared that in here and all of you guys cried and I cried and it was this wonderful gushy service. I don't know that I've ever hugged so many people on a Sunday morning. It was wonderful. Thank you guys for celebrating with us. The next week I, I released that video with some alterations for social media online. And here's what happened. So many people shared it. I, I shared it on a Saturday and I wanted it to get out to a lot of people because I really want other parents of non-speakers to see this, right? And a lot of them did. A lot of them did. It was on Saturday I shared it. And by Sunday, uh, there were already thousands of shares and comments. And uh, uh, a couple hundred thousand views. And now you might think that's really cool. And, and it is. It's great. People get excited and lots of people seeing it. And people, but I tell you, I was so overwhelmed. I'm sitting there on Facebook on Sunday evening. And the little red circle of notifications keeps popping up. It's like every two seconds, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. And I'm like, oh gosh. And now here's the problem. The problem is that not everybody was excited. The problem is that it brought out a bunch of weirdos, first of all. People trying to talk about snake bites and metals and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, get out of my face. Stop it, stop it. The other thing was some people didn't believe it was true. And so they're, they're pushing back against it. And and uh, so I'm feeling like I've got to monitor this. I've got to stay on top of these people. I've got to answer this person. I need to maybe block this person. I need to hide that comment for all this stuff, right? And it's just pouring, but I can't keep up. And I'm feeling so anxious. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this wave. Now, fortunately, I have two very good friends, Janelle and Carly, who stepped in and said, hey, make us admins. Neither of them are in here this morning. Don't tell them I said something nice about them. I don't want them to. Oh, now she is. There she is. I was so blessed by that. And at first I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. But then they're like, don't get stubborn. Make us admins of the page and log off. And I did. And so you know what? They were able to go and hide comments and maybe block people. I didn't even ask them if they blocked anybody. I didn't ask them anything that they did. <laughs> I was like so relieved that that happened, okay? Because in that moment, 
And I went way off my notes here. In that, in, that, in that moment, that feeling of being so overwhelmed, of being stuck in this current situation, even though it was mostly good, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. We're not designed to live under this current react, 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 react. We're not designed for that. You weren't made for that. It's not good for our souls. When we train our hearts in that way, to live in that reactive cycle, there's a real danger. Because when something hard comes along, whether it's something that's happening in our lives or something that's happening maybe across the world, maybe a war, maybe new developments in a war, then all we feel like exists is that particular thing. You know? It's like this super dark cloud and we think this is all reality is. Where is God? Where is goodness? Where is life? And we get stuck there. And for some reason, that happens a whole lot more with bad news than it does with good news. But when we pull back the urgency, when we pull back the bossiness of the now, our souls can remember. There's so much more than what's happening right now in our tiny little place on the globe. Reality cannot be solely defined by the thing I am feeling in this instant, the thing I feel I must react to. We have a future, as we've been talking about with Advent, of borrowing hope from the future. And we also have a history. And we must be able to rest and reflect on these things. Reflection is a crucial part of a healthy spiritual life, you guys. I don't know how we can survive in any age, but especially in this one without it. We must cultivate a life of spiritual reflection. So I wanna, I wanna spend some time with the psalmist this morning because the psalmist was going through something in Psalm 77 that felt very all-encompassing, absolutely overwhelmed him, and he was, he was stuck reacting. But he did something really cool, and I think we can glean from him. So let's pull up Psalm 77, verse 1. Listen to this. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. <laughs> when I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled, I cannot speak. Ooh. This isn't a David psalm. This is uh, written by a man named Asaph. And we don't know what Asaph was going through in this moment, but it must have been bad. He is in the day of trouble. He's going through pain, whether that's physical or emotional, we don't know, but it's at least emotional pain, right? And his soul refuses to be comforted. His eyes are stuck open. He can't sleep. Have you ever, have you ever felt that kind of pain? I have. Your spirit faints, you can't sleep, you can hardly even pray. When you're in that place, nothing else exists. The pain takes 
everything. The fear takes everything. But Asaph knows a thing or two. He knows something. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Isn't that interesting? My spirit made a diligent search. The present is really, (laughs) the present is really hard. He knows this. So what does he do? He steps back into history. He considers the days of old. He steps back in time because even though the things that are currently happening are real, the things that happened really happened too. Those are real as well. So he makes a diligent search in his spirit. He meditates in his heart. What does that mean to meditate in our heart? That's a word that was weirdly distorted in the 70s and 80s and 90s because of the New Age movement and transcendental meditation. So it was a thing that a lot of Christians ran away from, which was really unfortunate because meditation has been part of our spiritual history since even before the birth of the church, since the days of the Psalms. Excuse me. So it's something we dismissed out of hand, which is very strange. Just because other people do it who don't serve Jesus doesn't mean we should not do it. Other people who don't serve Jesus also pray. We don't abandon prayer. Other people sing. We don't abandon. So I don't know. It's a strange thing. Meditation is a beautiful part of our religious inheritance, your spiritual inheritance. So what, is it, what does it mean? Well, it's, it's not transcendental meditation. We're not talking about emptying your minds. Rather, it's a, it's a posture of slow contemplation. Instead of an emptying, it's, it's, it's letting your mind dwell and reflect in one area. And we do this a lot with scripture, meditation of scripture, of letting our hearts and our minds dwell with the words of scripture. And we can do this in our own hearts as well, as the psalmist is doing here. He's meditating on what God is doing and has done in his heart. That means he's not rushing through it. This is something you can't multitask with. Some of you guys think you're great at multitasking. One or two of you actually are, probably. But most of us are not. And there are some things you cannot multitask with. And this is one of them. It has to be slow. You have to slow down your pace. This is why so few of us do this with any regularity. We, we have to practice quieting our hearts. And there's a lot of noise. It's hard to be quiet. Have you guys noticed all the noise? There's a lot of noise. So we have to take time. Now for Asaph, it's a really good time to ask these questions since he's, he's miserable and he can't sleep anyway. So he's lying in bed in the middle of the night. He's going, oh, everything's terrible. Everything's terrible. <sighs> well, at least it's quiet. I might as well remember and meditate. <laughs> That's what he does. So sometimes you have to create that, though. You have to force some quiet into your life. So here's what he says. Verse 11. 
I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. What wisdom. He appeals to the past. He remembers what God did. He lets his mind dwell on those things. He lets his memory just dwell there. His, you know, it's, just, it's like the gratitude seeping into his, into his heart like a tea bag in hot water, you know? It's like seeping in. It's very real evidence of God's goodness. And that becomes part of your present reality. Even if the circumstances really, really stink. Now, for Asaph, that means returning to the story of the deliverance of Israel. And he goes on for the rest of the psalm and he talks about this. He talks about Moses and Aaron and the Red Sea. He talks about the mighty deeds in history. And that, that actually is a really great start for us too, what God did in the days of old in the Hebrew scriptures. But we actually have inherited much more than that. What else did God do? Well, we can remember the deeds of Jesus Christ. We can remember the incarnation itself. Merry Christmas, friends. We can remember Jesus came down to dwell with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We can remember the reasons that we celebrate this season. We can remember his life-giving, beautiful ministry and caring for the least of these. We can, we can remember his sacrifice on the cross and his victorious resurrection. We can remember the gift of the Holy Spirit to God's people. He has not left us alone. We can remember the birth of the church. We can remember all the great things through history that he's done. These are objective truths and a great place for us to start. But I'll bet, I'll bet the faithfulness of God also extends to you personally in your own experience. Chances are you're here most likely because you have tasted and seen the goodness of God in some tangible way. Maybe that happened through something miraculous or a big breakthrough. Or maybe it happened in a slow way through the gentle whispers of guidance or the, the revelation of a stable God walking alongside you in a difficult season. I don't know what it was for you. But how often do you do that kind of search to remember those things? To go back, to let your heart perform a diligent search of what God has done and why you follow God. Many Christian traditions practice <clears throat> what's been called the prayer of examine, where each night before bed, they take time to, to meditate on the day's events and sort of relive it, almost blow by blow, and, and to do like a replay, and, and to say, okay, where was the presence of God today in my life? Where was the presence of God? Where did I miss the presence of God? And where did, I, where did I feel the presence of God and embrace him? I think it's a wonderful thing to do. I think, I think that kind of practice is a beautiful thing that we could let grow into a habit in life. 
where, where we, we get out of that mode of reacting, 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 and instead get into some, some reflection where we call our hearts back to pay attention to the things that God has done. We might be a little better about keeping our perspective, I think, if you get in that kind of rhythm. So this morning, rather than talking for a long time about the new year or launching in and talking about resolutions and the new thing, we're going to reflect. We're going to play some music here. You guys have half sheets in front of you. And we have two questions. Can you pull those up, Lincoln? Those two questions. Number one, when has God felt the most real to you? Is there a specific season of life or memory? Okay, that's, that's one question you can answer. It's like 1A and B. And number two, when have you felt God's presence or activity this past year? I was doing it like a year-long prayer of examine here. So here's what we're going to do. Does anyone need one of these? There's a lot of extras, and we have ushers coming in. We also, uh, if you need a pen, we've got a bunch of extra pens, too, and ushers have those. So raise your hand if you need one of those, and they will find you. Got right in the back there as well. And a couple up on the signs. So those are being passed out. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment of quiet. Now, the best way I know how to have a moment of quiet in church, because there's a couple hundred people in here, and it's actually quiet make, gets really loud. So what we're going to do is actually put some, some light music on so just to be able to create a little bit of, of, uh, of silence where you are, um, where you're not feeling like people are like breathing on you or something. Um, but I'm going to take about five minutes here. And you can answer one or the other of these, or both, if you like. You're not going to hand these in. Um, but go ahead and take some time. Let your heart perform a little search here and write down a few sentences. Okay? Can we do that? Just pick one of those things. And we'll have a little bit of time of, of sharing afterwards, okay? So let's just, let's just invite, let's take a moment of, of, of prayer. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to help us perform a search, a diligent search of our heart invite you to help us remember. Isn't it kind of sweet to have these moments of reflection together? I see a lot of diligent searches. Pastor Joshua you have a microphone with you. There he is. You see that man? That man with a microphone. I want to invite some sharing. Um, we, we're going to have to, this is always a little bit of a risk when we invite. <laughs> so just remember there's a lot of people in here. So if you have something to share, if you have a few sentences, Pastor Joshua is going to come around because I, I would love to just hear from all of you. Or This is a family, right? This isn't about my revelations or the things that God did in me. I shared a pretty awesome one a couple of weeks ago, so that'll be good for me um, and the ways that God's been with me this year. But we have those two questions. What, <clears throat> what has God felt most, when has he felt most real to you? And then when have you felt God's presence or activity this past year? So I want to ask, anyone have something they want to share from number one? Oh, 
I see a hand in the back. You can hold your hand high up there, Dave. Oh, it's at number two. Okay, never mind. Okay. I saw your hand go up. Oh, right up here. Right up here. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Okay, uh, let's, Margie, let's, let's, let's uh, tell your name. Oh, just so, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my name is Marjean Smith, and uh, uh, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, um, I had um, MS. I uh, was diagnosed in 81. Anyway, and so uh, uh, when it said, when was God felt the most real to you, um, I was beginning to pray. I had had a lot of symptoms, and uh, God gave me a word that said, you know, I'm going to restore that which the MS has destroyed in you. And um, anyway, and so after I prayed prayed this for a while, anyway, uh, after 18 years of having it and getting worse, um, getting worse symptoms uh, of the MS, uh, then he began to heal me. And so uh, he healed me first. Uh, let's see. Oh, the eye, the thing. I had some vision problems. Anyway, so that was the first thing. And, but that was just, at, this is after 18 years. And then, uh, then he healed my fatigue, which was huge. And then uh, that was in 98. And then in uh, ni- uh, uh, 98, was it? Not, no, 89, no, 98, yeah, 98. Anyway, in 2000, uh, uh, he healed my balance, uh, which w- was not good at all. And then uh, in the next year, uh, he healed uh, random, random numbness. And so since 2001, I have had no symptoms at all wow. of MS. Wow, uh, beautiful. And so, yeah, praise God. Anyway, but it was just like I felt him the most during that season of after 18 years, that he began to be faithful and heal all the different symptoms that Beautiful. I had. Anyway, so praise God. Thank <laughs> you. Hallelujah. Wow. That's one to return to, isn't it? Amen. Who's it? Who else? Thanks for kicking us off. We got one way over in the corner here, that lovely bearded man. Good morning. I am Frank Barbera. Some of you may know me. Uh, You wanted to answer for number one still, right? Yeah. Right. Rock on. Uh, God has felt the most real to me. Uh, Really, it was coming home with my son from the hospital. And that moment of holding him in my arms and realizing, you know, how much I love him and hearing God tell me that that's just a fraction of the amount that he loves us and just sitting and openly weeping, holding my son and just knowing that that love is there. Wow. Come on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks, Frank. Any, any other parents felt something like that before? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, bro. Who else? I got one in the back of the door. We're getting, Pastor Josh was getting his cardio today. That's right. This is good. I need it after all those cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I'm Kevin Leach, and when the Lord felt most real to me was when I was around six to seven years old. 
I came from a very abusive environment, and it led to a lot of mental health issues that rose from it, which highly affected me in my teen years. But um, while it was all happening, and I, I, think, I think some of my siblings can have the same experience, where when we were alone, when we were left alone in our room, and there was, they weren't there to hurt us to, or anything like that. That was when the Lord could get close enough. And that's what kept me from completely losing my mind or completely falling into despair. And without the Lord being there, I would have been a much worse person than I am today. People would ask me, who are you talking to? And I'd say, it's the only person who actually listens to me. And my parents didn't understand that until I was around 12. But <laughs> once they did, they were overjoyed. It's wonderful, Kevin. It's Thank awesome, you. man. He's with Thank us you. always. I love it. The presence of God sometimes is most clearly felt through the presence of others, huh? That's beautiful. Who else? I love this, guys. We'll go here, and then we'll go to you. I'm Nathan Hegg, and I feel like for me, when um, I've felt that God is the most real to me is when I'm around other people my age or people who are a little older than me. Just being around other people and you can sense the presence of God in them, right? Mostly when I'm like worshiping with them or right on. Yeah. like at youth group. Beautiful. That's awesome. When God felt the most uh, real to me is when we were sitting in the living room when my little sister, Zoe Juniper, was born. And it felt like God was sitting right next to me and praying alongside us. That's wow. Thank you, Evelyn. That's beautiful. You've got... I don't know where you're pointing. Lawrence. There he is. I was, I was looking right at the pole. Oh, and I stepped over there. And my, my kids won't let me get away with it. <laughs> he had his hand raised up. Oh, I was just thinking about it, how wonderful. You know, you, you, you're meditating about the year. You're meditating about the past. And, boy, it's hard to really put it all together. But when I started, it just hit me how important family is. And so we, whenever we come together... That's a miracle to me. I mean, it's like you get to see the kids growing up. You get to see them worshiping the Lord. You get to see them growing in the Lord. You see how their parents are ex excited. And we have some here today. And so that to me is uh, when I know God's working and he's growing and he's developing our, our community it starts with your own family and it keeps growing from there. So that's, to me, is uh, pretty awesome. Wonderful. Thanks, Lauren. 
Let's go to number two. What have you felt God's presence or activity this past year? Do you want me to stand or sit? You can sit. Okay. Sit or stand. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Can I drink my coffee? Absolutely. As I, Slurp okay. a little bit. <laughs> I'm David Crimes. <clears throat> uh, when have you felt God's presence or activity this past year? This is a strange one because I've felt it all year. Um, can't always say that. And, and why? Because it's been a bad year. And I don't often say that either. The whole year has been difficult. And uh, in terms of my personal life, it's been a real difficult year. And it started in January, almost a year ago. So earlier this year in January, things fell apart. And I immediately got very discouraged and my, my hope meter was like down on zero. It was, I was hovering between little hope or no hope that the situation could be redeemed and turned around to, into something beautiful. And I just walked around with just heaviness of heart, just heavy when all of this hit back in January. And so I did what most of you in this room would do going through a difficult time. And as you just, you run to Father God. And so I just, I leaned into God. I just squirmed in closer and just leaned into God, pulled into God. And, and he was there. Um, first thing he did <clears throat> the Holy Spirit I mean I noticed it it was really noticeable the Holy Spirit just visited me with encouragement calm peace and it was very noticeable because of how low I was feeling it was like, whoa, Lord, you're, you're with me. And I'd get these thoughts in my head like, David, it's going to be okay. My eye is on you. It's going to be okay. My eye is on you. And the discouragement began to become encouragement. The heaviness of heart began to lift into lightness of heart. And where there was weakness, strength resulted. I, I just felt steady. It felt like the Holy Spirit just put his arm around my shoulder and was just holding me, walking with me every day, step by step. Just a real steadying, solid kind of a feel. And it was real noticeable. So it was like, God totally answers prayer. Some of you doubters would say, oh, that's all subjective. You know, you, you imagined all, all of that. You fabricated it. It's like, no. It's subjective in that it was happening within me. But it was real. 
Everybody in this room can tell the difference between heavy discouragement and then feeling encouraged. Everybody in this room can see and feel the difference between heaviness of heart and lightness of heart, between discouragement and encouragement. It's real, folks. And a lot of people in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what Father God does for us because his eye is on us and he loves us. Amen. And so, um, and then another aspect of his answering the prayer, it wasn't a wave of the magic wand and instantly healed the situation, like boom, like that. Hasn't been that. It's been sort of a steady, progressive thing. And so the first half of 2023, awful. But then change started to happen and just a calm and a peace not only came over me, but over this situation and my house. And it's that way right now. Hasn't been a complete and total restoration of everything. But peace and calm has settled on, on my house. Amen. And Thanks, so, Dave. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that question about heavy discouragement versus encouragement. I've felt that. You guys felt that before? It's beautiful. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Doing good. Good. All right. Uh, my name is Michael Saturday. Um, a lot of you know that I have a, before, uh, before, before it happened, you might not have known this, but I have a problem with um, seizure disorder. And just a, about a month ago, um, I did have an event that happened here in the church. And <clears throat> I saw God through a lot of the people. I didn't necessarily see him, but I saw him coming through the people. Um, I went home, and my wife showed me the video of happening because, obviously, I wasn't able to see it. I was the one doing it. Um, and I saw the uh, people that were standing around me praying, and I was just amazed by that. I never have, um, I've never experienced that in my life. I, I just, it brought me to tears. I was, I was just amazed by that. Um, I've had calls from members of the congregation. Mike Kaiser called me right away, asked how I was doing, and and just wanted to make sure that I knew that they were that that the members here were there for me if I needed anything. My son just grabbed my hand just a second ago and put my uh, hand in his lap, and that's God for me right there too. Um, it just I, I see I see God through people and I've seen that happen a lot this year and when I saw the uh, people standing around me um, it made me not so embarrassed um, I've been embarrassed by by this and it happening in front of people because I, I just I feel like it makes me look really weird and um, and stand out and um, I'm I'm sure I do stand out what was really funny about this is I also saw Josh up there saying oh he does this all the time it's nothing, no big whoop so <laughs> I just. I just felt a little more comfortable after that too. So, but uh, that's my story and seeing God. And, um, thank you, Michael. Thank hey, you. Hey, you're loved, man. Yeah. You're loved. So I want you to know that.
Oh, we have a double dipper. Oh, my goodness. Love it. Yeah, there were two questions. I've got two answers. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so we let you on stage one yeah, time. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, for me, it was uh, really the piece that I got from cancer treatment that I had this year, um, knowing that things were going to be okay. And all the people that have been praying for me, you know, at the church, you know, I can, you know, feel that in a way. And then uh, some of you know I work for Royal Caribbean, so I talk to people all over the world and having conversations with people that then want to pray for me and try to, you know, talk to God on my behalf. And it's wonderful, you know, getting people from all over the world that do that. And it's just one of those things that, you know, God is there and he's telling these people that this is the time. Beautiful. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> hey, this is Levi. Um, this past year has been um, pretty, pretty dang exciting. So some of you know, my wife and I, we had been uh, trying to get pregnant for a little over two years things were just not happening. So in March, then I had a surgery to help things along and uh, surgery went great, but it didn't, it turned out that wasn't the issue. So we were just going to start some extra fertility treatments. And then um, four days before those treatments began, we got a positive pregnancy test and everything's been just really healthy and good. I, I just thought of one, I'm gonna be a grandpa. So that's, I'm surprised that wasn't at the top of my list. What was I thinking? That's beautiful, that's beautiful. Oh, we got a couple right over here. We'll, we'll, we'll end with these two, okay? All right. You got, I could go all day with this. I love hearing this, you guys. Isn't this exciting to hear from your brothers and sisters here? Well, I just want to talk about um, feeling God's presence in a friend of mine. His name's Jack Haig. I know you spoke with him, but that right there, how God spoke to him through, through his words to me saying that in my life, I need to praise God. I need to lift him up. That's, that's beyond the presence. That's living, that's living in the presence. And so I'm just thankful for Jack, and, and I'm so excited about what's coming down the road. So for me, <clears throat> that's, that's it. Amen. I'm thankful for Jack, too. Excuse me. Um, my name is Maeve Rauer. Uh, when I really felt um, God's uh, present was actually here, um, before, I just, like, every time I would come to church, I would feel guilt and felt like I didn't belong here. And just, like, I had a really a lot of self-doubt. Um, so I'm not, I don't know if all of you guys heard, but uh, there's, uh, there was a um, Worth It uh, conference going on um, over at a different church. So I went there because... Also, everybody else was going, and I really wanted to, um, I really wanted 
my faith to grow, and I just didn't think it was going to happen anyway. So I went, and the first day, um, so, <coughs> oh, the first, um, there, uh, the pastor asked us to people who just didn't feel like the Holy Spirit just like with them. So I just walked up and I was really nervous. And uh, this lady comes up to me and she just starts praying to me and I just start bawling. Like, I don't even know why. I just, I felt so like loved and um, like cared for. And during that, then when we went to church uh, that weekend, um, I, like, don't usually, like, stand up and start praising, and I did, and it literally just hit me, and I really felt his, like, Holy, I really felt the Holy Spirit, and, like, I just felt so loved, and I'm, like, really happy just to have, like, that much faith. That's beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing. There are so many things that we can return to. And remember, and remember, especially, see what we're doing here is we're, we're, we're you're, you're adding things to our pockets here. So when those times, those, those like all consuming times of pain and hardship and fear come, we can pull those out and go, but I remember the goodness of God. And this is very, very real. And I know that God's not left me alone. And I know that I walk together with brothers and sisters in the Lord and I know his presence goes with me. In other words, today's not all that exists, guys. He's done great things and he's going to do great things. Amen? Let's stand together.